Did you hear the big news? We started a private university. We are rolling out a new design certificate program and a master's degree program along with our Design Suite Mastermind. We have new enrollment dates coming up for these programs. And if you want to watch a 10-minute video and learn more, go to designsuitecourses.com learn. Welcome to the Make and Design Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Gardner. On this podcast, we're unraveling the everyday joys and dilemmas of design, making, and business. For makers who want to be designers and for designers who are makers, this is your inside scoop to help you grow your business and bring more creativity to your life. Hey guys, today I am talking with two of my Design Suite members, Diane Rooney and Bonnie Garvey. And today we have an interesting episode in that we're going to talk about some of the struggles, like real struggles, sick, like real stick sicknesses that might happen as you're going uh, after your dreams. Both Diane and Bonnie have fascinating stories when it comes to this. And they're both actually, they're designers, right? They're in my design suite program, still going after their dreams. So Welcome, you two. I can't wait to dig in with everyone on this. Thanks, Karina. It's good to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. All right. Um, let's maybe start with, I don't even know where to start. Um, I kind of want to start with uh, Diane because she got sick before she ever came into Design Suite. And then I would love to talk about what happened with Bonnie during our program. So go for it, Diane. Okay, so I had an undiagnosed illness for 10 years, actually, over 10 years. And during that time, I was freelancing, working as a designer. But what it meant was I couldn't ever get my business off the ground. It would be in fits and starts. And it would be um, one minute I'd be doing really, really well. And the next it would just peter off because I was just too sick to work. And after I had a flare up, it meant that I I was exhausted. And sometimes I would end up in hospital. So that took recovery time. And the actual illness itself would make me really, really tired. And I just felt that I couldn't ever get a break. And part of the problem was I couldn't get a diagnosis. So although I was really poorly, they just couldn't figure out what was wrong until I got really sick one time in hospital. And I just happened to see a different doctor. And she was amazing. She was a gynae oncologist. And she really looked thoroughly into what was wrong, figured it out. And within a few weeks, I had emergency surgery um, and I was on the road to recovery, at which point I came across your design suite program. But it impacted my life in lots of ways. And, And during that time, I managed to get two fabric collections out. You know, I got a couple of really good contracts. I did logo design. I did all sorts of freelance work. But what it meant was I couldn't be consistent. So that next fabric contract was always, I was always chasing that, but I knew I couldn't actually do it because I couldn't commit to it. Because by this time, I knew within three to six months, I would have another flare up and it would either land me in hospital or just out cold for several, several weeks. It also meant I couldn't travel very well. So seeing family, it was impacting every area of my life. So, yeah, and it and with all that, it knocked my confidence 
So yes. I, I had a brand. I actually, you know, I had a brand. I had an email list and it was all working. But as I couldn't work like I wanted, that got less and less and less until it just kind of, I went back to square one. And that, yeah. that's when I came into Design Suite. So, yeah, amazing. Bonnie, you want to dig into what's happened to you? I mean, that's so serious, Diane, which is so crazy. I'd like to dig into what happened to Bonnie. And then let's just talk about like life lessons from, yeah. from both your situations. Yes, I am a little bit different. I had started with the program. I felt like I was really getting some traction going. I was starting to feel really good about it. And then out of the blue in late August last year, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that's when everything came to a screeching halt. I mean, we turned into survival mode, started chemo, surgery, radiation, the whole nine yards. Luckily, you know, it was successful. So now I'm back, but I feel like I'm starting over from scratch again. So there was no design work during that time frame. I felt like I just had to pull in and just do what had to be done to get through the whole process. So it's a little disheartening to be starting over again, but I feel like I'm getting back in there at this point. You know, I, I didn't really do any designing during that time frame. But I didn't lose the knowledge either. It was good getting right back in there when I was done. It felt good to come back and get right back to it. So yeah, yeah not where I, I'm not where I would have liked to be at this point. I, you know, I lost seven months, but we're getting back in there. So yeah, so amazing. Okay, so for both of you, it sounds to me like the the thing that was the hardest, and I would love to hear from both of you on this is losing that consistency while your health was at stake. Bonnie, will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, it just, I, in my mind, I wanted to be doing the things, all the things, but it just wasn't going to happen. And, you know, when you're not feeling well, when you're exhausted, you're not creative at all. You know, there's just, it's not going to happen. And then you, you know, you do the whole mind thing where you, you're mad at yourself and you get down and it just spirals down. But to that, it, that is very interesting that you're mad at yourself. Diane, did you experience that as well? Yeah, complete disappointment and madness in myself that I just couldn't do what I wanted to do that that was the frustrating thing it's it's what I always wanted to do and I couldn't do it and yeah just yeah mad loss of confidence and real frustration at that and letting people down oh interesting so those are not the emotions I would have guessed and it's hard to pick yourself back up what I Say, say that again. It's hard to pick yourself back up, dust yourself off and get going again. Yeah. I think um, from an outsider looking in, all I can think is, you know, Diane, I'm so glad that you got your diagnosis. No wonder you had to take time off. No biggie. And Bonnie, we're just so glad that you're here. You know, like when you, I remember when you got the diagnosis and you shot, shot me that first email and I thought, 
oh my gosh, like this, like screw design suite. Bonnie's got cancer. That's a big deal. And so it's really interesting to me that there's like all these other emotions because from outsiders looking in, I think with those health issues, you're kind of like that. Well, that's far more important. Like your health is far more important. And yet through it all, you guys, both of you have this drive. You wanted to do this thing in your life and you were kind of figuring out how to do it. Um, Diane, will you talk about the confidence part? Why, Why did you lose confidence? Because your design work hadn't changed, right? Yeah, I think it was that because I wasn't consistent, I wasn't there for my customers and my prospects, you know, that that I had my email list. And because I wasn't consistent in sending them, I then lost my confidence to actually write anything. And honestly, to this day, I'm still struggling with that. It's an area that I'm real, really struggling with. And I, I'm not sure why the confidence went in that respect but I also think part of it was the lack of diagnosis so you know it was a GP saying well it's your weight it's because you're overweight it's because you're about to go through the menopause it's this it's that and none of that was true it was actually a complication from when I had my twins and so the going perimenopause was what made that worse and made me really ill. But because I was told all these negative things and it was my fault, essentially, I then started to look inward and like, I just didn't like myself. And so that affected my drive and my thinking that I was good enough. I didn't feel good enough anymore to do the work that I was doing. So in some respects, some of the freelance work was a lot easier because I could just hide behind that. Someone would just say, well, I need this, this and this, and I could deliver that. And so that's how I kind of kept the trickle sales coming in. But in terms of consistency of building up a customer base, I just didn't have the confidence to do it. I just didn't. So interesting. And what I was hearing was that the doctors and the uh, you know, the nurses and whatever, they were basically turning it around, making you feel like whatever you had was your fault. And you internalize that, right? Yeah. Like you, like you took that and that's so crazy. It's not crazy to me because we talk about it all the time, but that affected your design work that ended yeah. up really beating yeah. you down. Bonnie, did you have confidence issues? I mean, like you took a solid seven months off yeah, I mean, I, I was listening to Diane. I think as women, we all automatically think it's our fault. I mean, I got a breast cancer diagnosis and immediately like, is it because I didn't eat well? Is it because I didn't, you know, what what did I do to make this happen? You know, when, you know, maybe, maybe you did, but who knows what causes these things to happen. But yeah, I mean, I think we all, we all internalize it. I mean, I don't even know that I had a confidence issue. I just had to push everything away. You know, anything that wasn't absolutely necessary to day-to-day life had to stop for a while. Yeah. What um, I'd like to know for both of you, while you were going through that, there's all these emotions (laughs) involved. But like, really, what did day in and day out look like for you guys? my days that weren't terrible days after chemo, like when you have chemo there, I guess everybody, some people are just in 
the, the ditches the whole time. I was pretty lucky, whereas I only had a few days where I was like in bed all day, just exhausted. Like every round, like three days after, there would be like a 48 hour period where I was down and then I would be okay again. So I was just keeping my small business running, keeping the house going, you know, gearing up for the next round of chemo. Oh so. my heaven. So you were, you were still running because Bonnie has a ribbon business. You were still running the ribbon business during that time period. Yep. That would, that's my income. So yeah. That there were a few more days. Like I would just note that I was not shipping for a few days every, you know, every two weeks when I had the chemo, but I don't think most people probably didn't even notice. It's not like I have customers that are coming on three times a week to buy stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Diane, what was it like for you? In between my flare ups, I could do good work and I would, that's when I would do the freelance things when I started an Etsy shop. But the problem with those in between times, I didn't know when there would be a flare up. I knew it was coming and I knew the signs. And at that point, I knew the signs. I would then be, I, I'd actually get really depressed because I knew what was going to come and I knew I may end up in hospital. I may need a blood transfusion, all sorts of things that would go through my head, but that alone would stop me in my tracks. So there'd only be a few weeks between each flare up that I was able, you know, even little things like looking after my grandchildren. I, I just couldn't do certain things at all just because of the symptoms. And then afterwards, the actual exhaustion. So it was trying to make the best in between the flare ups, which I did. I was even on the board of directors for the Craft and Hobby Association for the UK. I had to resign because I found I couldn't travel when we had the board meetings because of the flare-ups. But I did do some things in between those flare-ups. It's just I couldn't be consistent and the depression, you know, it was quite... It sounds dramatic, but when it was really bad, and I don't know if Bonnie relates to this, I would be lying in bed and I'd have to be in, on pain meds and other things. And I'd think, I just don't want to live anymore. But it, it wasn't a, that sounds dramatic, but it was because of the pain. It was because of like, this was just miserable. So, and I didn't, it's not that I wanted to die. It's just, I didn't want to be in that moment, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I made when, the most of the good days. When I look back now, I wonder how I dragged myself back to chemo every time it was time again, knowing what, you know, you know, it's going to happen, but you also know you need to do it to get to the other end, you know, to the end. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I think I actually think your story sounds like it was worse than mine, Diane. I think it was because no, I mean, for, I was honestly very very lucky I got through chemo very easily compared to most people I mean my doctor said I was in like the five percent of people who have very few side effects and it was still terrible so I don't know how people do it I really don't but you know I think it's just very different isn't it but but the irony to my story is that when I was in hospital and I I had to have 
they routinely would give me a biopsy every time I had a flare up because it looked like some of the symptoms were like ovarian cancer, uh, sorry, cervical cancer. And on this particular routine, the biopsy came back negative, but it showed cells that within six months it could be cancer. And that's why they got an oncologist involved, a gynae oncologist. And she was amazing. So she was the one that said, you know what, we're going to deal with this. And she went through the whole process with me. So I had what's called a radical hysterectomy. And, and that was it. It got rid of everything. So, but yeah, so I think our stories are very different, but it still impacts our, you, you know, what we want to do and our dreams and our goals. So, yeah, and, it, and it's hard to always be playing catch up for a long time frame. Yes. I always feel like you're running behind the bus, waving your arms, like, wait for me, I got to catch up. And then you feel like you caught up and it's starting again. So, yeah. So both of you have had these horrible things happen to you. That's been really hard. And I know we have people, I've talked to enough design boot campers and other designers where they've had struggles. This is why I thought this is so important that we have a chat about this today. What what I want to know, and if you're hearing this, I, I want you to feel not alone in it because I've watched Diane and Bonnie. Now we've been together for 15 months and I have been able to see their progress, what they're doing. And I know Bonnie is saying she feels like she's waving her hands behind the bus, but she's made such tremendous progress and she doesn't see it. I can see it because you know I'm the one looking at everybody's stuff. I want to know what made you guys keep going? What made you still decide you were going to go after the design uh, thing? Is it practical? Is it because it's just something you wanted to do? Um, Maybe let's start with Bonnie. Yeah, it's just, it's what I've been wanting to do. I need to transition into something to go along with my current business. You know, COVID has dragged everybody's businesses down. It's getting harder. So a digital item to add to it would be really great, you know, another stream of income. So yeah, and I'm not giving up my dream. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Diane? Yeah, I would agree with that, not giving up on your dream. And I think for me, um, there's a practical thing that during my flare-ups, because they weren't sure what was happening, some of the medication I was put on, and I had injections like every month for, I think it was six to nine months. I can't remember exactly now. The side effects have left me with some issues is all I'm going to say. So I can't, yeah. So I don't think I'd be able to go outside the home to get a job now. So that was a practical thing, but the actual dream thing is what kept me going because I've wanted to do this ever since my kids were little and my dad had his own um, business so there was that as well that I wanted to pursue that my mum was an artist and a poet and there's just something in me that I'm like yeah I have to do this I want to do this this is what I always dream about regardless of the internet if that makes sense I was doing that anyway I'd been working with my dad on the internet back in 1994 he set up the UK's first what they call cyber cafes where you could go to the internet so that's always been part of 
who I am. And so I think that's what kept me going and knowing that if I give up completely, what was all that about? Yeah, I love that. I Here's the thing I would say to both of you that I think if you guys know, if this was coming up into one of our mentor meetings and we were chatting about it, the number one thing I would say to both of you always is that you've already done hard things. So this is going to be easier. Like, I mean, just watching Diane, you've already created a creative business before. Bonnie yeah. owns this amazing ribbon business. That's just phenomenal. And watching you guys move forward. I really hope that you take that confidence back because you've already done hard things amongst, you know, the health things and moving forward, knowing that you've already done the hard thing, I, I, it should get easier. That's my hope for both of you. You guys, thank you so much for sharing your stories. I love out there who listened to this and has felt hopeless and despair because they want something and might not be design guys. I mean, these two know that design is what we talk about as a skill set and all that other stuff. But really when it comes to life, it's just life. And there are all kinds of things that keep us from doing what we want to do and um, make things difficult. And I'm just as invested in that part as I, I mean, I remember when I got Bonnie's email and I was devastated for you, Bonnie. And I can't remember what, I don't know if at that point I sent you flowers, but like the two, I just was like, oh yeah. my gosh, like, like immediately yes. I had flowers from Karina. Yeah. I, I just, I remember just thinking, first of all, that you were brave to tell me. And second of all, the coolest thing ever was when you came back that, that was a crazy email to see, to have you email me back and say, I'm feeling better. I like, I wasn't expecting that email. If I'm being honest, I wasn't. And for you then to dive in and your design work is so much even more prolific and better. And you just posted in the community. Didn't you just get your first sale? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a road because I've been convincing Bonnie she needs to move off her own website. But once, like now she's done it and she got her first sale, which we have a badge award for. So I'm super excited to send that to Bonnie. But just like, that's really not the thing. The whole thing is just when you get your first sale, there's a certain amount of confidence. Maybe, did you feel that Bonnie? Yeah, it makes you want to get going more. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing more motivating, and this is why we award this in our program, than getting that first sale. Because if it's someone you do not know, that means someone very random on the internet saw your stuff, they don't know you, and they bought it because they sheerly knew that they just wanted your product. That is powerful. It is so powerful. Diane, I don't like, I'm trying to think, did you have like a true first sell in design suite? Because you kind of were already going. Um, I wouldn't say a true first sale, but I think once I started, I think it was the consistency of uploading and making, because initially I got into lots of shops. So that, that was huge for me getting into design cuts as well. That, that was really, I, yeah, that was brilliant. So they were a lot of my first after joining design Sweet. But then after that, it was because I was uploading consistently, I started to see traction and trickle sales coming in. So and and still now. So that that was 
that was the difference. I think it was finally I can be consistent. So every week uploading, getting into the silhouette design store, that that was huge for me as well and getting those sales. So for me, I think it was definitely about the consistency and see seeing the results of that, which I couldn't see before because that's that's really important to point out here. Consistency is important. If you're having a creative business and want it, if you stop uploading to these shops, it's going to impact your sales. So, and, and that's what I know was part of my problem those years ago. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I just, I love seeing the progress both of you have made. The, our, my program is relatively new and you two have been with me from the very beginning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. If they want, if people want to find out what you're doing, where's the best place to find you? Let's start with Diane and then Bonnie. Okay. You can find me on my website, dianerooney.co.uk. Love it. Bonnie. And um, I have also my website. It's bonniegarbydesigns.com. And I am going to put both of those uh, websites into the description for both our YouTube channel and podcast. You guys go check out what they're do doing. It is amazing. And if you felt like you resonated with this and you want to hear more of these kinds of stories, just leave us a review and let us know because that helps us know what kind of content you guys are looking to hear about and see about. All right. See you guys. Hey, did you know that you can visit me at makeanddesign.com to learn more about this podcast and join my VIP group for weekly freebies? I can't wait to see you there.